You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. So let's start out. We talked about the Texans. Let's start right there. Jaguars, Texans, Mm. in Houston, the battle for the AFC South is on. You've got Houston plus 105 on the money line. You've got an opportunity for them to sweep Jacksonville because they beat them earlier in the year in Jacksonville. Total set at a reasonable 48 and a half. Do we still trust the rookie C.J. Stroud? to lead his team over Jacksonville for a second time and get them tied in the AFC South. Isn't it amazing that if you, if I said at the beginning of the season that, Hey, this coronation that we're having for Jacksonville may be too soon for the AFC South, because it felt like this could be Jacksonville's division for the next four to five years, just based on the way everything is structured. You've got young quarterbacks, but now we're saying, Jacksonville may not be able to taste the success that we were all expecting for. Like I'll tell you right now, I do not believe my 10 and a half wins over is going to cash for Jacksonville. Now I don't believe that's going to happen just because of this sudden burst by Houston. I'm not sure about the one and a half on the road for Jacksonville. It could be a game that comes down to like, that's what's so tricky. It, It almost feels like the odd makers believe that this is a game that's either going to come down to a field goal to win it or a field goal is missed and it's lost. It could, it, it literally feels that way. So it's, it's like a game that's going to come to the end. So this spread is too thin for me to go one way or the other because I feel like it could go one way or the other. Houston's a rejuvenated city in terms of following the Texans. It used to be like, hey, people were going back to church on Sunday because the Texans were so bad. Like church attendance was up like 30%. Now you've got people who are ready to come see this team play. D'Amico Ryans, I think, is going to have a great game plan against Trevor Lawrence again, as he did in that first game. But it's really going to be incumbent for both Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk to both be on top of their games for them to have a chance to win this game. I think that's what happens. So if there's one way I am leaning, it would be the total. And I'm going to go with the under because they're going to try and make this a scrappier game the Houston Texans will with the crowd so forth, probably see some false starts, maybe a couple of third and longs that would probably third and manageables happen and probably two additional punts by each team just because of the yips that might be going on. So the spread is too thin, you know, the money line for Texans at plus one Oh five. If you want to get a little bit over even money, I could see that play right to cover the, the one and a half where they could lose by a point or two. But I think I think for me the play is under forty seven and a half 
Just I, I, you, CJ Stroud's not going to have the three touchdown just going off for 300 yards. I think uh, Doug Peterson is going to make sure that defense kind of tightens some things up because I think when they played him, you know, when they played him in Jacksonville, the, the idea is like, well, this is just the Texans coming in and they're trying to get their bearings. And by the time 60 minutes and one second hit on the clock, <laughs> they had lost. So, yeah, it's going to be a tighter game. Yeah, I mean, 37-17 back in week three, I don't think we're going to see that same scenario play out where it gets to that much. You're talking about having your 10-and-a-half ticket on Jacksonville and their win total. Well, they're going to need this game today because you look at the stretch of their schedule. Now, December 4th, Cincinnati, again, a couple weeks ago, that would have been a question mark. I think they can handle Cincinnati at home. They go to Cleveland. Now, Cleveland's down their quarterbacks, but that defense at home – is a completely different animal on the road, and that game's in Cleveland. They have Baltimore and then Tampa, Carolina, Tennessee. So the wins are there, but you almost need this one just to hedge an upset somewhere else to get those four more wins that you need. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. This this game, I, I like Jacksonville in this spot. I think them getting themselves the, their hat handed to them back earlier in the year by 20 at home. Is enough motivation for them to go into Houston and win. And, and C.J. Stroud hasn't been bad the last couple of weeks, but he's been more rookie-like, I guess, is the right. best way to put it. Still been spectacular, but he's starting to feel himself a little bit like, oh, this, this NFL thing is easy and starting to right. make some suspect throws here and there. So, all right, let's talk about that Browns team on the road at Denver. Denver, point-and-a-half favorite coming into this one. Total set at 36, another low total. And don't look now, folks. The Denver Broncos are 5-5. Five and five. We were all, and I was on this as well, making fun of Sean Payton. Who wasn't going to be there next year? Would it be Payton or Russell Wilson that got run out of town? All of a sudden, they're 5-5, five and five, and they're in the mix. They got a good chance against this Cleveland team who's beat up to get to 6-5 and five, and suddenly back in the AFC playoff race. Yeah, this Denver team is starting to look like the team that I thought they could have been when they first got Russell Wilson. Just didn't realize that the Nathaniel Hackett situation was such a disaster. Uh, but we learned that in week one of last year, and it seemed like kind of the you-know-what started to fall downhill all into your yard. Now it seems like like the cleanup has started to happen. They figured a way to say, you know what, we can beat you in a 17-14 game. That's why this total is so low. I like Denver to cover the one and a half. Two reasons, altitude and a rookie quarterback. So if, if you've got Dorian, I can't, it, sometimes hyphenated names. I, I don't want to put the names on the wrong side of the hyphen and offend the fans. DTR. DTR. I think the altitude is going to be something that affects him just because if this is the first time you're going through this. Now, granted, when he was in college, he did get to play in Colorado at Boulder, but this is a different speed. These are different guys. So that's going to, I think that's going to factor in. I mean, he had a game that was manageable last week and he was able to keep that, keep the, 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 the show on the road, but it was against the Pittsburgh team that just cannot do anything offensively. This is a Denver team that still does have weapons and can run the ball effectively up the middle to combat Miles Garrett's rush to the quarterback. So they have the things to combat Miles Garrett and where he is on the field. I just don't know if the Browns have enough offense from its quarterback to get it past 14 points. Yeah, you look at Denver, they've won four in a row. Three of those 
by less than a field goal. 19-17 over the Packers, 24-22 over the Bills, and then, of course, the Vikings, 21-20. So you figure a tight game. The one-and-a-half is probably right at it. The total of 36, again, one of those low totals we've talked about, like the Giants and the Patriots, those type of games. But, I mean, again, you get a score – 17 14 20 to yeah. 17 you're right at that number of 36 so that's a tough one i think my play on this would be to take denver give the one and a half or if you're worried about it being a 21 20 game go ahead minus 125 not a big deal on the money line but i do like denver in this spot i just worry that a late touchdown pushes it over the 36 you end up like a 21 17 type game and you end up missing it by, you know, a couple of points because it is so low. But I'm with you. I think Denver is going to be uh, kind of one of those teams down the stretch that you look at and go, all of a sudden, nobody wants to play them. All right, Rams, yeah. Cardinals, not much to talk about here in this game. Rams 4-6, and six, Cardinals 2-8. and eight. Rams are favored in this one by a single point, total of 44 and a half. I mean, this is a – just don't even pay attention to this game, right? I mean, it's pointless either side. For Arizona, there is a play, and I think that play is, can Kyler Murray, under the radar, get the confidence back of ownership for him to be the guy that's kept, right? Because they've got a high draft pick, and you almost wonder, do you really go after another quarterback, or do you make, say, a play for Marvin Harrison Jr., get him another weapon, and then start the rebuild there? I think it would be harder to get rid of Kyler Murray because it's still very early in the big contract extension he signed. So that might scare teams off from trying to make a deal. So I think Kyler Murray has the, the gumption to really get things done. I think the Rams, I think at this point are just trying to make sure that they can finish this, this out healthy as possibly they can Cooper cup. You probably start seeing reduced snaps over time just because some things have started to flare up again. So I actually like Arizona to cover the one and a half and probably, you know, look, the money line is what even money for them to cover for them to win so if it's if it's I, I could see Arizona winning this game so not only covering the one and a half but actually winning it out the total I'm a bit a mystery of because there's a part of me that feels like this could be one of those games that Kyler Murray goes off and all of a sudden an hour Kyler Murray is back you know but really it's Kyler Murray is going to be kept and I think that's what that's what this game is really about yeah yeah it's a good point all right let's jump ahead to some of these better games here Bill's at the Eagles, Buffalo six and five, Philly nine and one, coming off a huge win against Kansas City, and this is the gauntlet that the Eagles are in right now. They have again four straight games. They got San Francisco coming in after Buffalo. They go to Dallas the week after that. This is the gauntlet here for the Eagles. Can they get up for each one of these games? Do they have enough to cover? This line has dropped down to three. It was three and a half earlier in the week. It's now three. For Philadelphia, they're minus 175 on the money line, total 48 and a half. Is this the kind of trap game coming off the victory against Kansas City in a Super Bowl rematch, looking ahead to an NFC Championship game rematch, and then even further down the road, the Cowboys, which they could lock up the division with a win, is this the trap spot? I don't think this is the trap spot. I think actually the Chiefs game would have been the trap spot, even though that's not really a trap, right? Because had they lost that Chiefs game, now they're facing Josh Allen, who's trying to rebuild the narrative of just this turnover machine, bad decision-making, and you're going to be worried there's going to be that Philadelphia angst where lose on the road and come back home, you don't want to underperform. So you know you had to come back home to 
come back with the victory, if you will. And I think knowing that the Cowboys are coming up, there is going to be a heightened focus on saying, if you get it done and you beat Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in week to week, back-to-back weeks, you now probably as a team start to believe that not only are the Cowboys not a problem, but now you start saying we need to start preparing for San Francisco coming, I think, December 3rd. So I think maybe the Dallas game next week could be the trap game, but I don't think oh, that's this in two one weeks. is. Dallas two is in two weeks. It's San Francisco next, and then Dallas weeks. after that. Yep. Oh, Dallas after that. So you that. got so, Dallas coming. Yep, yep. Yeah, so I think possibly the San Francisco game could put so much energy, can, might suck a lot of energy out of them, that come the Dallas right. game, that could be an issue. So I don't think this is the trap game. San okay. Francisco leading into Dallas would be. I'm sorry, I had the two games back backwards. No, that's okay. Yeah, that that's that, probably a good point. Again, you're at home this week against Buffalo. To me, I'm going to watch this game. I want to pay attention to this game. I'm not touching this game as far as the number goes because I don't like Man. anything about it. All right, Ravens Chargers on Sunday night. Ravens at eight and three, basically in control now of the AFC North, taking out a Chargers team who I don't know how Brandon Staley has still kept his job. The Chargers should be way better than they are at four and six. The Ravens are favored by three and a half here on the road, total of 48. What am I missing here? Shouldn't the Chargers be better than four and six, or am I overvaluing them like everybody else seems to? Yeah, I think Staley is keeping the pitchers not on a cloud, but a hard drive, the, you know, because that's what's probably keeping them around. It's like, they're not in a cloud. We can't hack it. Now this dude keeps it on some little hard drive in the back of his office. You know, here's the thing with the Chargers is at some point you have to say, why are we performing? Why are we going out and playing for this guy? And it's starting to slowly show up. You, you, you look at someone like Keenan Allen, right? Who like, did you see, I don't know if you saw the video of what his shoulder looks like when his pads are off. Right. And so it's like, God bless that guy. Him and my daughter went to high school together. So they're the same age. This guy's battered, his body is battered. And you would wonder like, why at some point do they, do they even still give a damn about what Brandon Staley wants to do out there? Um, I'm a little hesitant on the Ravens at the three and a half just because there's no Mark Andrews there to at least address the goal line situation, maybe eight yards out, right? If you're third and eight and you're eight, you know, third and goal from the eight, this is where Mark Andrews comes into play. Zay Flowers has been a a tremendous get for them, but I don't know if that's a red, that's a red zone target Odell Beckham, maybe, but there's one less person in there to, to solidify, uh, Lamar Jackson's desire to get to Mark Andrews. Maybe um, the backup tight end gets, uh, who had some run, Isaiah Lively, gets some runs in there. But the game may be a little bit closer. It could be a shootout, and this might be a three-point game, and I think the hook plays it. So that's why I'm going to stay. If anything, I might play the over, but that hook is just tremendously scary. Yeah, they always seem to have it right at the number. That's why they're the best. That's why they're not tearing down hotels in Vegas. To make them smaller, they're making them bigger. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.